Thank you, Lord, that you are calling us to hear your word and to be your hands and your feet on this earth, God. We just say thank you for the word that we are ready to receive today, Lord. We ask you, God, just to speak to our hearts, Lord, in worship service and still our thoughts, God. Help us to focus on you today, God, because we need to hear a word from you. We need to really hear a word from you so that we can continue to go on out every day this week, Lord. So we ask you, Lord, come on in, Holy Spirit. Come on in, Holy Spirit, and fill us up so that we can go out and be a light into this world as well. So we can be a disciple and be your church, Lord. Lord, we are praying for those that are still coming in. We're traveling mercies for them. We're praying for those that are still coming online. Somebody needs to hear a word today. Somebody is lost. Somebody needs to hear about Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Lord. So we're praying for those people today as well, Lord, that they will get their salvation. Somebody can get saved today, Lord. We know somebody can get saved today. So we just say thank you, God, that you are in our midst and in our presence, Lord, and with our loved ones who don't even know you yet, Lord. We're praying that you bless our service this day. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen. And welcome again to everybody at New Life and Calvary in our church. And welcome to everybody online. We are so happy to see you. We want to see a wave or a like on YouTube. Give us a good morning comment in the text box on, on our uh, app or on Facebook. We love to hear from you guys. Is somebody ready to give God a word of praise today? Oh, is somebody ready to give God praise today? We're going to ask you to stand to your feet wherever you are, if you're in church or at home. And we're going to sing with the praise team and the praise band, Oh, the Blood of Jesus.
power in the blood. Amen. We will now be blessed with our Black History Moment. Praise God. By Gully. Come on up. Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? 
consults God, consult God's construction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dying, distressed and hungry. They will roam through the land when they are looking upward. Oh, they will roam through the land when they are famished. They will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Matthew 4 verses 18 to 22. Starting at verse 18 of Matthew. Uh, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Praise the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to his word. you to also flip on the back. Say flip on the back. Flip on the back. I really like having a job, praise God. I love being you all's pastor. <laughs> if you want to make sure that I can keep being your pastor and Pastor Antonia, you might want to add a little bit of extra to commit to myself and Pastor Antonia. Amen. We also want you to commit to our Building on Faith project, praise God. We want to rebuild our building, right? Restore our building. And we can't depend on everybody and their mama outside of New Life in Calvary to help us. We got to help ourselves, don't we? So we want to make sure to write down a pledge to help the building. We've also adopted Wade Park School down the street. And you can even make a commitment to make sure we are able to support Wade Park. So let's fill us out right now. Start writing it so we can turn it in today. Say today. We are also Presbyterians, praise God. So what does that mean if we're Presbyterians? We get to pay what? Per capita. Hallelujah. 
in our per capita this year is how much? $29. $29. And so that money goes to support our denomination. Now, look, we don't want nobody to be uh, called out next week. But some people going to get called out because if you have not paid your per capita, your name going in the bulletin so we can say, hey, you didn't pay your per capita. <laughs> Make sure you turn it in. We don't want nobody's names in the bulletin next week. So go ahead and pay your per capita today or sometime this week so we can make sure. And if, if you know you can't pay it yet and you don't want your name to show up in the bulletin, make sure you talk to one of us, myself, Sylvia, Ruth. You can let any one of us know what's happening so that we can um, put a pause on your per capita. One final thing. Say one final thing. One final thing. So we have ended the month of January, haven't we? Now, in this, I think maybe in November, I stood up here and, and made a, a, a plea to all of us to give so that we can end the year in the black. Y'all remember that? Y'all yeah. remember me up here moaning and groaning? <laughs> I know y'all don't want to hear that again. So in December, y'all just went out and showed out and made sure we ended the year in the positive. Ooh. We didn't have one negative. Hallelujah. So, so Gail and I did the finances yesterday, and well, I don't have the best report, my friends. <laughs> it was a little discouraging seeing that we started the year off in the red. But I know you all are capable. Say, we're capable. And we're going to turn this around, aren't we? So we're going to make a commitment, New Life at Calvary. We're going to have every month in the black, because we're going to all commit to give faithfully and on time. Now, I know some of y'all be thinking, because I remember my life before I was a pastor, and I'd be thinking, Lord, I got to pay my rent. I got to pay my phone bill. I got to eat this month, and I need gas in my car. Hallelujah. And sometimes I was nervous about paying my tithes and offerings, because I didn't know if I was going to have enough to pay my bills, praise God. But if we put God first, say put God first. Put God first. He will always make a way. I have never been without heat, lights, and water, praise God, since I've been grown. Now, when I was a kid, that was a different story. <laughs> but since I can pay my own bills, my mortgage has been paid. I Look, I, I could probably lose a few pounds. I eat every day. God will provide for us when we are faithful to God. And I believe, say Pastor Kelly believes, part of the reason that we have been blessed with so much many people giving us outside offerings is because we have been faithful with our giving in New Life at Calvary. When God gives, it just rains down upon us even more. So if we want to be blessed in 2024, right, we got to give, right? Okay, I know y'all probably like, Pastor Kelly, please stop talking about this offering. But again, we do not want to be in the negative uh, at the end of February. So we need your help to make sure we're on track with our giving. So today is the first Sunday of February, praise God. It's Black History Month. And on the first Sunday, our special offering goes to support our deacons. So if you're able to give a little extra, give to our deacons. And those of you that's online that listen to all of this as well, we, you know you have a way to give. You can go right now to our website at www.nlac.tv and establish your online account. You can use Cash App, put the dollar sign in, the number 2, 
NLAC and your offer comes right to us or you can mail it in 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio 44103. As our ushers come forward, let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, for being our God. You truly are the great provider. And we know, Holy Spirit, that sometimes we become afraid and anxious and we get a little nervous about how we're going to give to you and give to the church, Holy Spirit, as well as provide for all our own needs. So, Holy Spirit, we would pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would calm our hearts and allow us to have confidence, Lord, that if we would just put you first, everything else will be all right. We pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would bless these offerings. Bless the people who have given, Lord, who have heard your call in their hearts to be responsible in their giving, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for the gifts that's given today. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless them and prosper us, Lord, in new life at Calvary. And we give you all the praise. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. We will now be blessed by Gwen Coates singing a good spiritual for Black History Month, Going Up Yonder.
So my hope is that we're going to learn the significance of what it means to leave everything behind to follow Jesus. Everything. Say everything. You see, when we make the decision to listen to the call of God on our lives and to follow Jesus, we are transformed, say transformed, by the power of the Holy Spirit when we obey his call to come and follow. Say this with me. There is a cost to following Jesus, but it is worth it all. Hallelujah. Let's take a moment to pray. Holy, holy, holy God. Open our hearts to fully understand the call to discipleship and the sacrifices that answering your call brings to our lives. Help us to understand the rewards that await us when we choose to follow you. Guide us, Lord, as we strive to become more like you, Holy Spirit, every day. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said... Amen and amen. It is so good to see everybody this morning. I want to begin by asking a definition. Y'all know I like to know what you believe or how you understand the word of God too. So the definition of disciple, what is it to, what does it mean to be a disciple? A follower. Anything else in that? A witness. A witness. Anything else? He's a priority in your life. Those are all good. Those are all exact definitions and part of the word disciple. But there is more. A disciple is a learner, say learner, who follows a master teacher. Now, I know it's Black History Month. When I heard that word master, I was like, hold up now. Where are we going with this? <laughs> Not that kind of master, but the master teacher. A disciple, again, say, is a learner who follows the master teacher. Our master teacher is who? Jesus Christ, right? So being a disciple is also being in a relationship. In the disciple-master-teacher relationship, the master teacher is doing more than sharing information. It's not like when we took math and science and English. Do y'all remember taking social studies in school? Some of y'all still in school, right? It's not like those types of teacher-student relationships. See, when we were in school and we would get information, we didn't necessarily have to have a good relationship with the teacher. Do y'all remember that? We could learn English and math and science and social studies whether we liked our teacher or not, couldn't we? But let me ask you, do you remember your really good teachers, the teachers that you actually had a relationship with, that you knew cared about you? Do you remember that you learned more from them than you did the teachers that you did not like? <laughs> we all probably had an experience like that at some time. So the relationship and this discipleship relationship is most important. Because we are learning from our master teacher, aren't we? And the disciple relationship, the learner is following, say following, the master teacher. The problem is sometimes we follow the wrong teacher. We're supposed to be following the master teacher, which is who? Jesus. Jesus. Part 
with this relationship is that the disciple is imitating, say imitating, the teacher's life. We are imitating the life of Jesus. The disciple is learning the values of the master teacher. The disciple is reproducing the master teacher's teachings. Amen? So Christian discipleship means a relationship with the master teacher following the teacher and observing their way of life. So you can see why we get things mixed up. Because folks is following the wrong master teachers. Amen? Amen? The call to discipleship is twofold. It has two parts. Say two parts. The first part is about leaving behind what we know. We got to let some things go. And the second part is about embracing the incredible rewards that come from following Jesus. It's all of Jesus. Say all of Jesus. With all of my life. So for the next four weeks, we're going to explore what it means to be a disciple. Say again, I am a disciple. So why does it matter if we call ourselves a disciple or not? You see, because we kind of need to understand that a life of discipleship will cost us everything. We don't like hearing that, though, do we? The life of discipleship costs us everything. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. There's an author named Steve Lawson. He wrote a book, It Will Cost You Everything. The demands of following Christ will cost you everything. But here is the joy. You will gain far more than you would ever give up. We gain more than we ever give up. The call to discipleship is not a casual suggestion, my friends. It's also not a mere request. It is a compelling command to abandon our old ways and embrace a new life with Jesus Christ. It is hard to be a disciple. Tell your neighbor, it's hard to be a disciple. You see, we can be on fire for the Lord. We can be in love with Jesus. We can come to church and we can sing songs and we can feel good. But then we go home. And we get hungry. And we like, Lord, I don't got nothing to eat. I don't know if you're good to follow anymore. Or we get tired. Or we are broke. We don't have enough money. We are sick. We are in pain. We are suffering. When we lost a loved one, when our marriages are struggling, when our kids are not doing well, when our family members are not doing well, when people are struggling with addiction, when jobs are hard, when school seems impossible, it's real easy to take that disciple hat off and put the worldly hat back on. Because when life gets hard, we can begin to question Why am I following Jesus? Why am I a disciple? We can begin to go back to that old way of life. How many of you all have had times of going back to your old way of life? I know we all have had a time of going back. Because we all have said said things like, look, don't let me go back to my old days. You don't want to see my old self, do we? 
The discipleship journey begins with a call. Say call. Oh. It is a divine summons that stirs something deep within us and it awakens the spirit. It is a call to leave behind what is familiar and venture into the unknown. Say unknown. A call to surrender our lives to Jesus and follow him wholeheartedly. Say again, I am a disciple. Say it again, I am a disciple. I remember many years ago now that call on my life when I heard the voice of Jesus, when I understood that the way that I was living was not what I was created to live. And so I had to get off of that path and get on the path that God had ordained for my life. It was like standing at a fork in the road. Anybody ever been at a fork in the road in your life? You either going to keep doing what you've been doing or you're going to choose the way of Jesus Christ. Every one of us will stand at that fork in the road. And, you know, we will have to make this decision about who we are. Say again, I am a disciple. I am a disciple. Scripture tells us, enter by the narrow gate, right? For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many go on to that road. Because the narrow gate, say narrow gate, it is difficult. That narrow gate of Jesus Christ is difficult, isn't it? Because everybody and their mama on the broad gate, but few find the narrow gate. We are looking for the narrow gate. Tell your neighbor, I'm looking for the narrow gate. Every single Christian at some point in our lives will know and hear the call that God has given to you and your life. You see, God has placed a call on your life, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, you have been called. Tell your neighbor, you have been called. How will you know you have been called? Some people say, how do I know I've heard the voice of the Lord? The voice of the Lord never leads you on the wrong path. The voice of the Lord is constantly, constantly saying to you things like, yeah, you know you shouldn't be doing that. No, you shouldn't be going that way. Lord, should I go over it? No, you shouldn't go there. The voice of the Lord is always clear and it always follows scripture. The voice of the Lord will tell you to do things that's holy, that's peaceful, that's kind, that's loving, that's generous. That's the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord never says things like hate your neighbor and, and be selfish and be unkind. Those are the things of the world. So the call on your life has always existed. Say, I have been called. How will you know again that you have been called? Your heart will steer. Your spirit will change. Your mindset will become different. You will not be able to live the same way that you used to live. It will not be about self. It will become about Jesus Christ. In the Bible, Jesus first calls two sets of different brothers. He sees Peter and Andrew, and they're fishing. And they're just standing there being fishermen in their day. And if we look at our scripture reading, it's from the book of Matthew today. Let me flip over to a Matthew chapter 4 that Reginald already read for us. And it says right here, beginning at verse 18, 
As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. This is what Jesus said. Some of you all know these words. What did he say? Come, follow me. That's all he said. How many words is that? Come, say it again. That's all he said. He didn't say, hey, you know what? I got this grand opportunity for you today. And here's the, you know, we're going to read through this book. And he didn't say anything. He said three words. What were the three words? And then it says, I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. If Jesus walked into this building today and stood right here and said, come, follow me, how many of you all would get up and go?
Discipleship is not just about following Jesus. It's about becoming like him. Say becoming like him. And participating in his mission. When James and John heard Jesus call, they left their boat, they left their father, and they followed Jesus immediately. They left their source of income. They even left their family. They left their security. They left everything that was familiar and comfortable, and they chose to follow Jesus, even if it meant leaving everything behind. Say everything. Discipleship requires a willingness to give up our own desires, our own plans, and submit to God's will. How many of y'all know that's not easy to do? It's not easy to do. Thank God Jesus doesn't call us to this level like he did the disciples, amen? We get to stay at home and still be disciples for Jesus Christ. This can be a huge sacrifice for many, though, depending on your life and your situation. We all have stories of moments in lives when we have had something to sacrifice. Can anyone tell me one thing that you have sacrificed in your life? Did you all sacrifice anything? One thing, Rufus. Four years in the military. Wow, four years in the military. That is a, a great example of a sacrifice, Rufus. Going off to the military to serve your country and possibly dying, amen, for people who don't even necessarily care about you, do they? No. <laughs> and then you don't get paid well either, Rufus. What else is a sacrifice? Cindy? Wow. So, Cindy, you had the call to leave your entire family in California to come to Ohio where it's freezing cold. <laughs> and you listened to that call, and God gave you a whole new life, a whole new ministry, whole new family, whole new friends. That's a sacrifice. What else have people sacrificed? Is that you, Curtis? Okay, Curtis. Wow. 2004 into 2024, praise God. You gave up all forms of alcohol. Praise God. That's, it's hard to give up that stuff. It's hard to give up cigarettes and alcohol because socially we have that kind of stuff, don't we? Who remembers back in the day when cigarettes was the thing to do, praise God? I ain't talking about no cigarette smokers in the room either, by the way. But restaurants. You smoke cigarettes at restaurants. It was on TV. It was everywhere. It was socially acceptable. So it became a sacrifice to let that go. But alcohol, alcohol is still everywhere. We can leave out the church right now. You can buy alcohol anywhere you want to get it. Amen. But it's a sacrifice to let something go for the betterment of God, for your relationship with God. What else? Anyone else got one more sacrifice? Oh, Vince. My dreams are starving. Wow. Right? Sometimes we have a career that we believe that is our destination. Amen. I'm so glad you said that, Vince, because I remember I thought I was supposed to be a doctor, praise God. 
I really did. I was on the track to become a doctor. You couldn't tell me nothing else. Until that day, I went into that hospital room, and the, the, uh, the bleeding doctor was like, so the patient is going to remove all their clothes. And I said, hold up, hold up. This is not my calling. This is not my calling, Lord. What is my calling? <laughs> but we do give up jobs. We give up houses. We give up finances. We give up all kinds of stuff. We make sacrifices. But Jesus made the greater sacrifice for all of us, didn't he? He made the bigger sacrifice for each and every one of us. The call that we all follow to become fishers of men is that God calls each of us differently. My call is not the same as your call, and your call is not the same as my call, but we all have a call, amen? God's call always wins. Say, God always wins. Since God always wins, guess what that means? He never loses. And if God never loses, his church never loses. Amen? Right now, some of us are worried that the church is not growing. We're not getting, and I'm not just talking about New Life at Calvary. I'm talking about churches worldwide, globally. We're thinking we're losing teenagers. We're losing young adults. But let me tell you something. The God that called me is the same God that's going to call you and the same God that's going to call them. So all we got to do is trust that God's call is the same. He going to call us. Amen. Being a disciple means we have the privilege, say privilege, of working with Jesus Christ. We have the privilege of learning from him and experiencing his power and presence in our lives. This is what discipleship is. This is a call that every believer must answer. A call that all of us must be answering. To follow Jesus, to become like Jesus, to participate in his mission, to participate in his sacrifices, to experience the rewards of Jesus Christ means that we have to follow him wholeheartedly. Say wholeheartedly. It is a response to let go of our worldly attachments, our sinful habits, our selfish desires, our self-centeredness. It's about surrendering to God's will and God's plan for our lives. Our dreams become God's dreams. When Jesus called his disciples, he gave them a new purpose. He said, you're going to be fishers of men and women. Fishers of men and women. We are about souls, amen. Tell your neighbor, we are about saving souls. And becoming a disciple means we are entering into a very personal relationship with the living God. I said last week, we don't believe in the dead God. We believe in the living God, don't we? We get to know him. We get to love him. We get to experience God for ourselves. We can talk to God in our prayers. We can hear from God through the word, his word, his precious word. And we get to experience him in our lives. This relationship that we have is everlasting. Say everlasting. That is the reward. That is the reward. Jesus says whoever believes in him will not perish but have what? Y'all got it. Y'all got it. A hundred percent. I wish I had time to go into more details today about all the ways that discipleship works together, my friends. 
But we have reached our limit, praise God, <laughs> and we do have communion today. So I'm going to conclude this message by asking each and every one of us to come back. Tell your neighbor to come back. Amen. Come back so you can hear part two that I am a disciple. Say, I am a disciple. Amen. Next week, we're going to learn, take my yoke and follow me. Let's pray. Gracious and holy God. We thank you for this day. Thank you for helping us to begin the steps of being reminded of what it means to be a disciple. You have called each and every one of us, Lord, into a deep, meaningful relationship with you, Holy Spirit. You have called us to, to learn about you through your word and through your Holy Spirit, through your power. And Lord, there are great sacrifices that each and every one of us will make to bring you and to, to have you into our lives, Lord, but you are so worth the reward. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help each and every one of us to be a disciple, to dare to be a disciple in all places at all times. We thank you and we honor you in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. If we can all rise, we're going to sing this I Believe with the praise team. And we're going to get prepared for communion. And those of you that are at home right now, if you could go ahead and get your communion juice and your bread to join with us.
Amen. Hear what Jesus Christ promises. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for what is right. They shall be satisfied. This is also the word of the Lord. All those whom I love, I correct and discipline. Therefore, shake off your complacency and repent. See, I stand knocking at the door. If anyone listens to my voice and opens the door, I will go in and dine. Lift up your hearts. Holy God, we praise you for your son Jesus who shared our weaknesses and was tempted in every way as we are, who obeyed you by suffering and dying for us. You have raised him to rule the world and have given him, Jesus, a name above every name, Lord in Christ. We praise him and we glorify you, great God, our creator. salvation. Let us join in the prayer of thanksgiving. Bountiful God, we give you thanks that you have refreshed us at your table by granting us the presence of Christ. Strengthen our faith, increase our love for one another, and send us forth into the world in courage and peace, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us all sing. Thank you, Lord.
this building without celebrating Miss Margaret's birthday, praise God. So I'm going to have Ruth come up and to share some reflections for our birthdays. Celebrating the 92nd birthday of Miss Margaret Mallory. Covenant <laughs> partner of New Life at Calvary. And I'm going to pretend I'm Margaret for a hot second. Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Margaret Mallory. I was born 92 years ago. I was christened at 30 days in a Presbyterian church. The district was white. I'm sorry. The district was white. I was Chris. I'm sorry. Bear with me. I'm a little nervous because she has to do The district was white in River Cotton. Wait a minute. That's right. Okay. I was yeah in White River in Cotton Plant, Arkansas. I have been a part of a Presbyterian church all my life. I am grateful that Calvary and Glenville Church came together because at New Life at Calvary, seniors have not been forgotten. At this church, we all are treated royally. Pastor Kelly always said, preaching about loving one another, and it shows in the ways like how our church members help one another. Help us seniors in our time of need. Thank God for Pastor Kelly. Thank New Life at Calvary. And thank God for New Life at Calvary members for loving us. Margaret Mallory. Aww. I apologize, Margaret. You threw me for me. I just want to say one thing about Miss Margaret. I love Miss Margaret. I love talking to her. There's never a day that I don't talk to her on the phone. She will call or I will call her and we laugh for about 10 minutes. I appreciate her. And Miss Margaret sent me a Christmas card. And I thought, oh, how nice is that? I opened the Christmas card and it said, I love you, Ruth. I don't have anything to give you. Maybe God will. <laughs>
And so we just celebrate. We we love everyone. I'm glad that Margaret said that in her notes because we do love everyone here at New Life in Calvary. And we want everyone to feel like you are a part of God's royal family because you are. So happy birthday. Do we sing happy birthday? No. Let's no. sing happy birthday. <laughs> We have an anniversary, Geraldine and Marvin Hayes on the six. How many years? Fifty-three. Fifty-three. Praise God. Okay, Miss Margaret, if you can stand, if you're able, and we're gonna sing Happy Birthday to all our birthday people. One, two, one, two, three. Uh, happy birthday. Praise God. <laughs> Gracious and holy God. 
as you prepare to depart from this place, but never from your sight, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, to live long lives as your disciples. Help us, Lord, to live the fruit of your Holy Spirit, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, and your self-control. We want to be followers of our master teacher. We thank you, we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn it to